Hey there, PDX Real Estate Podcast listeners. Before we get into today's show, I've got a real quick announcement for you, and that is that my company, TTM, is still looking to buy fixers and teardowns all over the Portland metro area, even in this post-corona economy that we have going on right now. So if you have anything that comes across your desk that may not fit the retail market, we'd love to hear from you. All you got to do is go to our website, which is ttmdevelopmentcompany.com. There's a contact us tab, fill out the information, submit it to us, and we'll give you a call. Or if you'd like to, just call us at the office, 503-224-6200, and we'd love to chat with you about the property. Now, let's get into the show. This is the Portland Real Estate Podcast. Your number one place for anything you need to know about the Portland real estate market, along with in-depth interviews from our local real estate industry experts. Now, without further ado, here are our hosts, Tucker Merrihue from TTM Development Company and Steve Nassar from Premier Property Group. All right, everybody, welcome back. This is the Portland Real Estate Podcast. We got through our technical difficulties and we're streaming live here in Masters. I, I feel like I haven't uh, seen my co-hosts here in a while. We've had uh, some major life events and some time go by. So what's going on, fellas? Hey, welcome back. Good Living to see you dream. all. We only, took, we only took a week off. We only took a week off. <laughs> True, but you had a big thing happen in that week. So, you know. I did. I did. I had a, I had a backyard wedding. You know, in the old days, that, that sounded like a really ghetto thing to do. Remember that? Like, like, if, like a year ago, if somebody said, yeah, I'm getting married in my backyard, you'd be like, okay, that sounds like a bud- you're on a budget. <laughs> but uh, it's, yeah. kind of the, uh, it's kind of the, the world we live in. So Corona weddings. Yeah. 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 So um, we've had, we've had some, uh, data come out on the market, which obviously we want to talk about, but before we dive into that, we should probably rope our, our, uh, guest in to chat about that. So Steve, why don't you give our uh, guest who was nice enough to come on the show a nice intro and uh, we can go from there. Absolutely. Yeah. So a week ago today, um, instead of a podcast, which we normally do on Fridays, I was on a panel for uh, YPN, which is a PMAR entity, right, Mel? It's, it's part of PMAR. It's, it's, a, it's a realtor organization, Young Professionals Network. But it's affiliated with PMAR, isn't it? A, or is it completely? It's, it's, well, so basically there's a Young Professionals Network national, kind of like we have NAR and OAR. And so we have our, you know, we have our little subset here. But yes, okay. it's, yeah. a, it's okay. a, members of PMAR. Yeah, okay. And um, actually the event, that we did last week was a was a virtual event it was zoom and um there was a great audience on it it was supposed to be two months ago in fact the day it was canceled it was going to be a thursday at buffalo gap um in person and it was canceled i i think the day before which was like march 12th or the event was going to be march 12th so it was canceled like the 11th when when really everything was hitting the fan and the world was getting crazy real fast. So they, 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 they canceled the live event. They had it last week, virtually Mel George with Windermere, right? Out of the Lloyd office, I believe. So she's a downtown office agent was on the panel with, with me. I was very impressed by Mel. Um, She, she did a 15 minute presentation as did I. And it was just such an upbeat, positive message. She's a great agent. She's been around for 14 years, I believe, in the business. She talked a little bit about the last downturn. She talked about things she's implementing in her business today to, and lessons she's, she'd learned. She talked a lot about mental mindset. And I, I, I just loved everything she had to say. She used a great analogy. I'm going to steal it from you and share it just to and give you credit. And it's one that I've heard before and, and I, I just re- resonate so well with me. One of the things she said that just, that just was awesome was she said, look, if you're looking at your business, you know, without that positive mindset, it's kind of like a golf shot. If you're about to hit the ball and you're, you're trying to go over water and all you're thinking about is don't go in the water, don't go in the water, don't go in the water, guess where you always go, right? And, and um, so she applied that to our business and, and staying positive and, and, and thinking about success and focusing on success. 
So welcome, Mel. We're, we're thrilled to have you on. Um, we're live streaming this in, in Masters. If you have um, questions, comments, thoughts, we, Joe is, and I are going to be doing everything we can to give you credit and share your thoughts live here with everybody else. So Thank you. It's great to be here. Mel, let's just go, go right into it. Um, tell us your background in, um, prior to real estate. and You're young enough. Maybe it's the only thing you've ever done. And then um, what got you into the business? Well, uh, prior to real estate, I was working as a corporate event planner for Hollywood Entertainment. I think y'all probably remember Hollywood Video and Game Crazy. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. um, you know, I was there for a little bit. And prior to that, I was working at an architecture firm. And before that, Wells Fargo Financial. You know, I just never stayed at any given job more than three years. You know, once that challenge would wear off and I, I would just get bored. So I'd been volunteering at that time a lot with Habitat for Humanity, and I wanted the ability to make my own schedule so I could volunteer whenever I wanted, you know, just except for, you know, not just on Saturdays. And my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, had just bought his first house, and his realtor was telling me about the business. And since I had a background in lending, architecture, construction, and event planning, real estate just sounded like a great fit for me. So, you know, I bought my study materials that night. Awesome. What, year, what year was that? That was in, uh, I started studying in 2006. Okay. Got my license that year. Yeah. Awesome. Same company? Have you, have you moved much or have you been in the same place? I've, I started with Oregon Realty. I was there about six years and then went to Realty Trust for about six years. And then two years ago, we merged with Windermere Stellar. So now we're Windermere Realty Trust. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. By the way, I want to, uh, since you said it, I want to say it while I'm thinking about it. Habitat for Humanity, in your email that you sent us, I think you said you've volunteered thousands of hours. Is that correct for them? With Habitat? I would say more hundreds. Hundreds. More hundreds. Okay. Yeah. I have yeah. to tell you. So um, we have, we, here at Premier Property Group, we do have what we call the circle of giving. We, we do quarterly things. And, and we, in addition to money, we also volunteer time. And um, so we've done several events where we volunteered time. I, I did it with the Oregon Food Bank. I did it with um, another, another, another few. We did it with Habitat for Humanity. Oh my gosh. I, I'm just going to tell you, it is no picnic. Like you literally show up, they put tool belts on you and they go, here's a saw, here's, here's a, a drill, get over there. And in the blazing sun, we were doing labor like anybody that would be building a house. There was no, hey, you know, here, do this little minor thing or, you know, move these boards. I mean, it was real work and yeah. it was hard work and yeah. it was very fulfilling, but it was, it was pretty awesome. And, and it's, it's no picnic. So when somebody says they've done hundreds of hours with him, they've done some serious hardcore labor. So, um, so you started before the Great Recession. Tell us about that time period and how it affected you, how it's affected you now, your, um, or how it affected you then? Let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So I started right, you know, as the market was on its, you know, very beginnings of its decline. And, you know, a lot of the realtors that I knew, they were so forthcoming with the fact that money was so easy and they had all these, you know, second houses and all these, you know, boats and extra cars and all this, you know, all these toys. And, you know, when I got in, of course, you know, you do think that it's lucrative. So you get in and it was a tough market, but it was also tough because I was new. You know, I didn't grow up here. I had a really small network and I didn't have the skills or the tools to, to grow my network or to keep in touch regularly. I didn't have marketing dollars to, you know, farm or send mailers out to my sphere. You know, I was barely scraping by. And, you know, my peers at the time weren't quite buying houses yet. And I was, I'm a pretty shy person. So I was too shy to really sell myself to my small network. Um, you know, I was learning forms and processes, but didn't realize the importance of being in a constant flow with, with my contacts. So, you know, I remember taking one of those DISC personality assessments and thought I would never really be a closer. So I, I struggled a lot, you know, and about year three, my business started picking up and I started feeling more confident, but I never knew when my next paycheck would come. And, you know, thankfully I had grown up in a pretty frugal household. So I took those lessons with me. 
I learned how to run a tight ship and, you know, I really upped my knowledge and my skill set. and I started doing side work for another broker. That broker ended up being my mentor and really close friend. And, you know, I'm forever grateful for her taking me under her wing. And now I know the importance of working on my business, you know, with lead generation and all that versus just working in my bet in my business with transactional stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm really thankful that I started when I did because it taught me how to be smart with my money and, and I learned how to save. And, and I've heard this said before, Mel, and, and I'd love your input because you're, you're the case study of this. Cause I've, I've, I've met other people who started during that great recession and they, they later on, I mean, obviously the ones that started and didn't do well, <laughs> I, I never, I haven't really spoken with them but the ones who made it such as yourself they kind of in they 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 gave credit to the fact that they started when it was so tough they didn't know otherwise and hence they just built skills and systems during a really tough time that then when things got better they only they only built on and grew from yeah. i guess part of part of why i bring this up is there are certainly going to be people right now who maybe started in the last year or even more recent than that Maybe and and maybe they can appreciate what what that means to to be starting at such a tough time. Absolutely. What would you say about that? Yeah, there are definite lessons to be learned from this experience that we're having now. You know, whether it's you know learning different technology, whether it's learning how to put yourself out there in different ways, or having a different you know skill set for marketing, or you know just all of those things. I think that we're learning you know, a lot about people's fears and the fact, you know, that people really just need to feel listened to and understood. And I think that there's, this feels different because we, we really are all in this together. You know, when you have somebody you're talking to across, you know, around the world, around the globe, you know, a client who's in a different state, we're all dealing with it. And so there's a different sense of camaraderie and I think that it will really help these, you know, newer agents um, understand that that people are just, you know, we're human, and and just help, you know, figure out when you're moving forward how to really truly, you know, understand what your clients' needs are and how you can really help people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit more about today. What did you learn through the last recession that has helped you today? And, and, yeah, and what so, are you implementing today in that regards? Yeah, well, I mean, I know, Steve, you're, super, you're all about systems and, you know, having different processes. And, and I am, too. So I've really taken a lot of time to get super organized and systematic and, and learn how to be efficient with how I run my business. You know, studying a lot, reading a lot, learning different sales techniques and, um, you know, just, just sort of managing the day-to-day in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to us about some of the positivity mindset that you yeah. talked about at the YPN. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a big thing. I mean, Joe, Joe's talked about, he's even um, hinted at even having a separate podcast or, you know, a separate event that's just about positivity. So um, sure. while that hasn't been created yet, bring it here. <laughs> yeah. Sure. It's, uh, actually, uh, uh, it's, we're getting the logo and the animation for the intro and outro together but we got a couple in the can already we just once the everything gets here it'll be on uh the front and back of it and they're going to be short just there's so much good happening right now in our market and in our industry that uh it needs to be shared i mean look if you want to read some negative stuff facebook is full of it. You know, you could go there and get your fill and you don't even have to scroll that far. Positive Real Estate Perspectives, the podcast, is only going to share the great stuff. And it's not, you know, we don't have rainbows coming out of our ass. It's going to (laughs) be realistic, positive stuff. We're just not going to bring in the negative stuff, right? So I think it's great. And you know, your analogy, Steve, about the hit it in the water, the old saying is, whether you believe you can do something or whether you believe you cannot do something, you will always be right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So 
I'm really happy that Mel's here to talk about mindset because an old psychology major, this is like my wheelhouse. I love it. So I'd, so I'd like to hear That's what happens more. with uh, psychology majors, huh? They turn into realtors. <laughs> I was wondering. Yeah. That's right. I was going for business, but then they said you had to pass calculus. So I switched to psychology. So business and psychology, it's like realtor. <laughs> true. Very true. Right. Right. So, you know, the goal is to really, you know, when, when we have, there are three keys to success, right? You have mindset, skill set, and action. And mindset is really where it all starts. And, you know, you want to try to maintain a positive mindset. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to do slides here since this is turning into a podcast, but I'm going to describe a box with four smaller boxes in it, right? You've got a table there, four small boxes. You've got your positive sides and your negative sides. High positive, low positive, high negative, low negative. High positive is like, hell yeah, the world's amazing, I'm on fire, you know. Low positive is just being content and being mellow. High negative is when you're angry. Low negative is when you're depressed. And so the key to maintaining a positive mindset is to really control that emotional energy. Um, You don't always want to stay in the high positive mindset because it's just not reality. You know, you want to try to vacillate between high positive and low positive. So the way that we do that, the way that we control our emotional energy is to really practice, you know, I mean, if you think about the fact that it's not very enjoyable to be around angry or depressed people, you know, how we gravitate toward positive, happy people and not having the bandwidth, especially now to deal with negativity, you know, neither do our clients or our friends. So, um, taking that time to actually practice, it's gotta be a daily regimen or at least a weekday regimen. It's just like working out, right? You have to work your, your muscles, you have to work your body, but your mind is the same way. So the way that we can sort of maintain this positive mindset are, you know, it's, it's a daily thing. So I've learned these techniques from this um, amazing book called Ninja Selling. Highly recommended. It was written by Larry Kendall and I had gone what through. What was it called again? I, we couldn't see it. What was it called? Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. uh, nin- Ninja Selling. Ninja Selling. I've heard of that. Okay. Ninja Selling. Yes. Yeah. It's by uh, Larry Kendall. Got it. Really excellent read. But, you know, I read the book, but then I had gone through this actual week-long intensive training a few years ago, and it was really the best thing that I could have ever done for my career. So in learning that, you know, you've got these, these regimented things that you're going to want to do on a consistent basis. So um, we, all, we know that our best brain activity is in the morning, so I'm getting up an hour earlier than anyone in my household and I'm doing it before I look at my phone. You know, I've got a different alarm clock. I'm not using my phone as my alarm clock. We know that when we use our phones as our alarm clocks, we turn off our alarm, look at our social media, look at our email, and we're just bombarded with information that we have no control over. And it puts us into a mindset that we don't even have the ability to really set. So you're gonna start with your 20 to 30 minutes of exercise, just a basic walk or jog or workout video or yoga video or good old school calisthenics, you know, whatever floats your boat. We know what endorphins do for us. And right now during this super hard time, it's important to really start the day that way. The next thing we're going to do, we're going to do our, you know, gratitudes, things that you're grateful for. There has been a ton of research on this. Grateful people report higher levels of positive emotions, life satisfaction, vitality, optimism, and lower levels of depression and stress. So you're going to write down three things that you're grateful for, and then three things that would make the date great. Um, There's a a really um, wonderful five-minute journal that takes you know a couple you know a couple minutes in the morning and a couple minutes at night. I really like this because it sets the tone for the day and then it also is the last thing I do at night before I turn out my light and it you know keeps me in that positive mindset and helps me actually sleep better. So you're gonna start with your gratitudes. You know the next thing you're gonna do is you're gonna do a positive reading, something short, like a short chapter from The Go-Giver or Dear Stranger by Richard Branson or The Ninja Prayer or something like Mastery by Stuart Emery. 
something really feel good. And then you're going to do your positive affirmations. And this is one of my favorite things about this whole routine. And it makes a lot of sense because, you know, with your analogy with golfing and the ball going into the water. It was you your know, analogy, we, by the way. <laughs> right. Well, you know, today it's yours. Um, no worries on that. So we have this mind over matter. And, and how does that really work? Well, it's a a section of nerves in your brain stem called your reticular activating system. And that part of your brain works as a filter. So if you think about, you know, the last time you got a new car or you wanted to get a new car and you start seeing them around town, you know, your brain is acting as a filter. And so that's the good news, but it's also the bad news. It lets anything in that's of value, but also that's a threat. So, um, you know, knowing that our subconscious makes up about 73% of our actual brain matter means that what we focus on expands. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our brains can't distinguish between reality and what is vividly imagined. So focus on what you want to change. You know, I'll, I'll share a couple of mine with you that, I, that I've written down. And, you know, I kind of look at these every day and, and really focus on them. And they're not just all about work. Um, one is my buyers and sellers are very loyal to me. Uh, I make a special effort to do something nice at least once each day for my significant other. And I remain calm and poised in all financial situations as money is always in abundance in my life. So, so thinking of those things, right? Um, I keep a copy near my desk and I probably should in my car or at my mirror somewhere where I'm going to see them two to three times a day and just either say them out loud or focus on them. And then you're going to have one main one, right? That you write out 25 times a day for the next 30 to 60 days. It should only take about seven minutes. And I know it seems silly, but think of it like if you were trying to get stronger, you wouldn't just do a push-up once in a while. You would be doing multiple push-ups, multiple reps, many, many different times frequently. So you have to work your mind too. And you could be something like, I enjoy earning X amount of dollars per year or closing X amount of transactions per year or something with your health or your partner. So, you know, what is it that you want to change and write it out with a desired, you know, with that desired vividness and emotion. And then you're going to do your handwritten notes. We all know the power of handwritten notes. So two a day takes just a short, you know, couple minutes, use Facebook to find birthdays or anniversaries or whatever it is. And, you know, the actual act of writing them puts us into that positive mindset. And then the people receiving them are putting that positive mindset too. So number five, your business tracker. Some people like a whiteboard. I prefer a spreadsheet so I can look at it for five minutes a day and then put it away. You know, you've got your closed deals, what's an escrow, your hot list, your warm list. And the people on your warm list might not transact for another couple of years, but by putting them on there, you're continually thinking of opportunities and checking in with them just casually and, and thinking with the law of abundance, you know, meaning that there's business everywhere. Your current clients may not sell or buy for a few years, but they're the best source of your referrals. Your, you know, your next transaction is embedded in your current transaction. And there are about 15 transactions every year for every hundred households who know you. So, if you don't have anything in escrow now, or you don't have much in the pipeline, don't worry. Don't focus on that. You know, don't think with the law of scarcity. And I know it's easy to worry about where your next paycheck will come from, uh, but don't think of it that way. And don't compare yourself to other brokers. There's business all around and it will come. People are still going to have to buy and sell or invest or divest, you know, every day. So, Practice, put yourself out there consistently and remember, you know, the law of abundance. There's business everywhere. So that should all just take about an hour. And then you're going to do your, you know, 50 live conversations a week. And, uh, you know, again, why do we want to do that? Well, we want to have those referrals, of course. We know people do business with those that they know, like, and trust, but that they're also in flow with. So that frequency of interaction really matters. And, I know right now it might be hard to do if you're struggling yourself, but just it's a perfect time to reach out, you know, just check with a neighbor if they need groceries or, you know, somebody needs a virtual happy hour or something like that. Because even if you're struggling now, know that there are people 
in much worse positions if it's whether it be emotionally or financially or physically. So just, you know, reach out, just check in. Don't be salesy. People hate that. Just be a friend. And, you know, the old adage that it's really better to give than receive is, is so true. So building those relationships will keep you in that positive mindset and, you know, focusing on that growth. So Mel, um, did, did you see the podcast we had with Eric Post? It was like two weeks ago. I did. Yeah. So he talked about coming from a place of abundance and yeah. not scarcity. So I completely understand that with all of those affirmations and things that you do, I would take it even a step further. And that would be um, sending out like a dozen little text messages that just say, you're awesome. Because yeah. it's always great to not only have it for yourself, but just remind the people around you that they're awesome or you appreciate them. Uh, when my kids were little, in parenting them, we read all these books and, and what they said was, you know, catch your kid doing something good, right? It's not just like, hey, don't eat the cookie and hey, put your, you know, you made a mess. You got to catch them doing something good once in a while and say, hey, that's awesome. So I appreciate the affirmations. We got something from Richard. Oh, we got something from Eric Post also who talks about Ford. Do you guys know the acronym? No, no. I, I saw his post and I didn't know what Ford meant. Tell us. It doesn't mean uh, fix or repair daily, which is. <laughs> found on road dead. Yeah, I found on road dead. <laughs> yes, uh, I remember that one. <laughs> Mel, uh, do you want to uh, explain that? Sure, to the yeah. So, you know, if you're just having a conversation with someone that you maybe don't know very well, maybe it's that, you know, you're niece's soccer game or something like that, you're going to think of this Ford acronym and it helps you come up with conversational pieces. So it stands for family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. So once you kind of go through that list, you can find a commonality with really anyone and giving them the opportunity to talk about themselves makes them feel good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mel, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, because there's probably somebody watching us right now um, who's like, oh my gosh, it is, there are rainbows coming out of her butt. Like it is all positive. It is all positive. This girl is detached from reality. All she <laughs> thinks about is my day's going to be good. My day's going to be good. My day's going to be good. And then reality is going to slam, uh, slam her in the face with something. And, and how do you, uh, so my, my point, my question is, by the way, I'm not the person that's saying that as, as so, how do you address those people? Like, what do you do to balance reality with all these positive things you're doing? Well, I mean, you know, it's a great question because there are a lot of crappy days, right? But, but if you're truly, truly practicing being in a, a mellow, content mindset, and it could be even just like, hey, man, my day didn't suck because I ate something good for lunch. You know, something, there's some, one little thing that you can take from your day and you can put it in there. And so, yeah, it's, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but if you can just sort of give yourself a timeout and say, Hey, why am I so pissed off? Or why am I being, you know, so grouchy with my kid or why am I being so frustrated with my spouse? I mean, just give yourself a timeout, go outside for five minutes, go on a power walk for 10 minutes, or just, you know, turn on music that you like, or, you know, make your favorite coffee or something like that. Just step away from what you're doing and really look at the big picture and, and understand that like, yeah, it sucks, but there's somebody else who's suffering way more than I am. And so I have to just like suck it up because with one in four Americans who are not working right now, we are so fortunate that like, I just don't feel like, we really have a right to bitch about something, you know, when maybe it's not that big of a deal. And if it is a big deal, you can work through it, but you really have to practice it. Okay. So, uh, awesome. Um, do you allow yourself to briefly visit the negative, think oh, it yeah. through, understand what you could have learned and then move away from it? That's kind Absolutely. of my- Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, I think a toddler, you know, I have a four-year-old 
And so <laughs> it's yeah. that constant struggle, right? Where he'll do something and I'm just like, oh my God, I want to shake you or not that I ever would, of course. But just like, I, I have, why am I so mad about that? Like he's four, you know, let it go. Or, you know, another, a co-op agent that I'm working with, maybe they don't really understand what I'm trying to say or understand my client's position. Like it's, yeah, you get there, but you have to get out of it pretty quickly because if you dwell on it, that doesn't serve anybody and especially Absolutely. doesn't serve yourself. Yeah. I'll give you, I'll give our listeners an analogy that a lot of them can, can relate to our, our work. Um, if we go, if we, ha we have a listing opportunity, we go to the listing appointment, they're meeting with several agents. We put our best foot forward. We're, you know, we're doing the whole staying positive stuff. And the next day we get the email or the call or, or, or something saying, Hey, thanks for meeting with me, Steve. I'm going to go ahead and go with someone else. Yeah. There's a negative, right? It's, sure. it's right there. Now, we could do the whole positive thing and you just think, not think about it and go, I'm just going to move on. But, but that isn't productive in that you don't learn something. So what I've done in the past and what I try to do is I, I allow myself to go there with my mind. Okay. What could I've done better? What, 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 is there one thing that I, in hindsight, I wish I had said, wish I had done, wish had you know, could have been better. And then I scan that experience and then I put it out of my mind and I move on and I don't let my mind keep going back to that place. A, a week later, I'm not, I'm not, you know, trolling the listing going, Oh, so-and-so got it. They're live. And then, you know, every three days I'm checking the listing. Oh my gosh. Now it's pending. I knew that one was going to sell fast. Um, there's that, that's, you know, that's 12 grand I could have had next month. Dang it. You know, and then, and then you watch it get, so, I mean, that's, that's hanging out in the negative. You're just yep. constantly there. So do you have to do the, the negative scan of what could I have done better so that you take something forward with you to the next opportunity. And by the way, guys, sometimes there's nothing you could have done better. That's okay to realize too. Sometimes I go, man, I thought I nailed it. I said everything right. They were, we were hitting it off. We made small talk. Sometimes it is like that and that's okay to understand and, and appreciate. But, um, so it is okay to go to the negative, but it needs to be short. It needs to be brief. It needs to be purposeful. It needs to be so what you ask yourself, what could I have learned and what can I do different in the future? And then you, and then you go back to the positive. That's what I hope those people who, are, who say that about people like yourself realize is, is we aren't always in the positive. We're just there a lot more. Yeah, and you know, to add on to that, I don't think that it's out of line to, you know, if you had a great conversation with that seller, you could just say, hey, I'm so happy for you that you found someone that you've connected with. Is there anything, you know, the, the, any sort of feedback that you would give me? Is there any specific reason? Because it could just be that they don't like my perfume or they don't like the color of my hair. You know, I, it just people have rapport with others and they have connections that we don't always understand. And so in that 20 minutes of being negative or two days of trolling their listing, I could have made, you know, 30 phone calls to different people or checked in with somebody who, you know, maybe has a referral in for a, you know, $2 million house in, in Venice beach, you know, that stuff happens. And so you just have to just quickly move away from it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mel, uh, your hair is terrific. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so I got a, I got a little more gray. Yeah. Yours and mine. Um, have I told you guys the, the like fable of the two monks no no okay i'd like to hear it so steve this is i'm going to really shorten it but steve it's to answer uh it's in response to what you said about losing the listing you have the two monks that live way up on the hill and they're the kind that can't talk they can't drink uh touch women any of that stuff once a month the two monks go down this long journey over a river, keep going to the store, and then they get all the rations for the monastery, come back over the river all the way up the hill. And so they go down, they make it to the river, and there's this damsel, a gal that cannot cross the river by herself. So the one monk picks her up, walks across the river, puts her on the other side, they continue to the store and back across the river, all the way up the, the hill. And then the other monk, monk turned to him and said, 
look, you, you broke the rules. I cannot believe you picked up that gal and took her across the river. And the other monk said, well, I put her down on the other side. You've been carrying her ever since. <laughs> so the, the message is don't let the negative stuff take up real estate in your mind, right? Extract from it what you can. See if there's anything you could have done better. We all have awesome hair, so it's, it's something different than that. <laughs> and then if you can do something better, do it, but then it's gone. It's not encompassing anything. That's why you don't hold grudges. That's why you don't hang on to that stuff because it will eat you up more than, than anybody else. Absolutely. And as an example for that, you know, last year, that very thing happened to me. I had a seller who I was so confident I was going to get that listing and she went with someone else. And after it closed, I sent her a congratulations card at her other property and she is constantly in touch with me, you know, so, so there is potential there down the road. You just, you'd never know. And it's fine to just close the door and be done with it, but it's also fine to just still put out positive things. Mm -hmm. We we have a couple comments. I want to I want to say hey, Steve, um, real quick. I want to play devil's advocate and be Eric Post. <laughs> <laughs> so some people are just a friggin' pain in the ass. So you probably should be thankful you didn't get their listing too. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. There's um, a reason. Several comments. A lot of love towards the ninjas, fellow ninja here, John Stagniti. I'm. Bear with me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm terrible with names. And, and the funny thing is I'm, my last name gets butchered and I hate it. So I apologize. Um, fellow ninja here, game changer. Um, he also, I love this thought that John also said, research says we can't banish thoughts. We can only replace them with other thoughts. That is so true. Try to sit here and, you know, not here. This, it, this would be a bad time to practice this. We'd, we'd look like a bunch of quiet idiots for a little bit. No, but at some point, just stop and, and say, I'm not going to think about anything right now. It's, it's damn near impossible. But so that's where you have to, it, your mind is a muscle. You have to put thoughts in it. You can control the thoughts you put into it. And, and like you said, Mel, whatever you're focused on is what expands. It's what becomes oftentimes reality or, or close as close to reality as possible by putting those positive thoughts in your mind and, and, and focusing a good way to, I like to explain it is best case scenario, any scenario, whatever you're thinking about, what is your best case scenario? Um, and I, I, you, I mean, let me, let's, let's use your example, Mel. Okay. So you, when you go to a listing appointment, your best case scenarios is, well, when you first get the call, your best case scenario is you make the appointment. When, then your next best case scenario is the appointment goes well. Then it's that you get the listing. If you lose the listing, your best case scenario is, Hey, maybe they think I'm a good agent and, and it was close and, they appreciate that, that what I had done and, and they, it wasn't an easy decision for them. And, and you, you, you kind of brought that up, Mel, how you even sent a card after the fact and your best case scenario was, Hey, maybe you have a future client from that. So <clears throat> Richard Mario had a, had a comment, but it, it kind of disappeared. I don't see. I, I, I read it. Um, so to Richard, everybody knows Richard. He's a amazing attorney and he's a great part of masters gives us lots of advice and knowledge and he's really good at uh, not answering the question but asking a question to promote uh, comments from other people and uh, he's an admitted news junkie and he, he said he would watch the news and there's all this like negative stuff and uh, he's got to get better at not watching negative news and, it, and it's funny because you can search and they have positive news channels, which gives you the same news that's only positive. And look, we're all not sticking our head in the sand. There's negative stuff out there, but if you're gonna start your morning and you wanna hear the news, maybe just listen to the positive news channel. I get emails once a day from Notes from the Universe, which is just like a positive little something that just shows up. I read it, delete it, and uh, anyway, how, uh, how important do you think it is that uh, you keep your head focused and keep the negative out? That's no? game, a game changer. It's the, it's, you know, we are in a competitive industry. We are constantly being bombarded with 
oh, do this to get better, or do that, or you're not doing this good enough, or you have to have a better, you know, whatever it is. So we're constantly having to, you know, wear a bunch of different hats. We're constantly having to learn different things and be on our, you know, toes at that drop of a hat, do this, do that, you know. Um, we're at the mercy of our clients, you know, mindsets, right, and their, their mental situations. So, so I think that, you know, if we are letting ourselves be too tied to the outcome or the commission check, you know, you, you, that really shows through. I think that you have to just be in the positive mindset. You have to separate yourself from the outcome. You have to really be there to be an advocate and really show them that you are in their corner and also guiding them to make the best decisions. But you can't do that if you're in a negative place. You can't be a good advocate for them. You can't be a good, you know, partner to your, their, your co-op. You can't reach those goals if you're in a constant, you know, negative state. You're just, you're just doing such a disservice to the industry in general, but to our clients who we're really in this for. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and it's also really infectious. Like they do psychology studies where they'll have like a, a cafe and someone will be reading a book or doing something on their phone and they'll burst out laughing, like just laughing their ass off. And everyone around them will start laughing. They're not, they, they, they didn't read what the guy read on the, boat, the book or on the phone. It's just someone's really laughing hard. Everyone else just starts laughing too. That also works when the person's a, a super downer. So our clients kind of play off of our attitudes as well. So yeah. And, I, I mean, it's important. absolutely. Even like if you are having issues with that other agent, I mean, we know half the time the issues aren't the buyers and the sellers, right? It's the other agent on the other side. And, and that's unfortunate, but it's the reality of it. And so, you know, we have to protect our clients from that too. You know, we can't, we can't convey, you know, the same negative emotion. If we're getting that from them, we have to really be that filter and just take, you know, what's actually there and, and put it out there, but nothing else. Leave all that other stuff aside. And that's there, good, I think and, that's a good little tip, honestly, because I think that's that's where negativity breeds negativity, right? And I'm not a realtor, but I've been a part of a lot of transactions. And if it starts here and it just keeps going through everybody in the transaction, before you know it, it's like everybody wants to kill each other. But if you can yeah. stop that and just kind of manage it, then it yep. probably creates a much better experience. Absolutely. And you never know what someone else is going through, right? If you can just be like, okay, maybe they're having a shitty day or their dog died or something like that. Like I'm just going to take what's there that needs to be there and pass it on. And there are industries where, or jobs where you can be negative all the time. I mean, you can work at the DMV and if you're just a grumpy Gus or Debbie Downer, you could probably be a pretty, pretty good employee there. And you could, you people show up, you give them what they need, you do what you do, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a million other jobs. You know where you can't? Our business. <laughs> I mean, if there's if there's a business where you have to have this strong mindset and you have to stay and play in the positive far more than in the negative, it's in an industry like ours where you're constantly facing rejection. Think about how often every day every one of us realtors gets rejected regardless of who you are, how long you've been in the business, how, how loyal your clients are, how great you are, how much production you do, everybody is making a call where they're not calling you back or you're losing a listing or a buyer's going to an open house and buying with someone else. And, and you always have to re regroup and put your game face on and be right back in front of someone else. And if you take that negativity with you, guess what's gonna happen? You're gonna end up in a death spiral because yeah. that person's gonna do the same thing because they're like, that person's a little edgy. I don't know if I want to spend the next 60 days of my life closely tethered to them. And so you lose that one and now you're even more agitated. Um, I want to also mention one other thing. You guys are all, Tucker, I know you were watching The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan story. Oh, yeah. Awesome, awesome episode this last, this last week. He actually said, and this is the captain of success. There's, and, and by the way, basketball's very similar to us. I mean, a, a basketball player, the best of basketball players, which I would argue Michael Jordan is, is constantly missing shots. They're constantly losing games. So they have to bring themselves back and go, okay, 
what did, what can I learn from that game? What, what's, what do I take forward? And then put the, the loss and the failure out of their mind and focus on the opportunity for the next success. His exact words on the last episode were, my dad taught me that every negative can be turned into a positive. What an awesome quote from the epitome of success. And he went through some crazy stuff, including his, that same person being murdered in a horrific fashion. And he had to take that mindset and, and go, you know, as horrific as that is, what can I learn from my dad's death? What would he have wanted me to do? What can I teach my kids? And what, what success can I have moving forward that he would have been proud of? And, and do the best you can with making that negative into a success. You know, as a, somebody told me this once, and I don't remember who, but I've used it throughout my career, but more when we, I was doing mortgages, because that was a friction-filled career, as we all know. <laughs> but, yeah. and this is too, but every time you get to a point, and this applies to obviously uh, your clients as a realtor as well, but every time you get to a point of friction, uh, for whatever reason, right, it's an opportunity to kind of deepen a relationship, right? You can kind of come out the other side better, sort of like taking back to your last dance analogy. Remember, he punched Steve Kerr in the face. And then they were ended up being buddies after that. So like, mm -hmm. it was like this extreme point of friction and then they pop out the other side and they're like buddies, right? And they hated each other before. So I don't know, anytime you run into kind of a, a situation like that where you got a lot of friction, high emotion issues, you know, you kind of embrace that and you can turn it into a better relationship as opposed to clients that you don't ever want to talk to again because they don't want to talk to you, right? You could do that with transactions too. Yeah. I, I learned a long time ago that sometimes when a big problem happens on a transaction, it can be an opportunity to create an amazing experience and the, the, the highest level of rapport, whether it's with the agent or the client, as you, as you compensate for that problem and you, and, you, and you deal with it. Even though it's bumpy, they, they can realize um, how, how, you know, it's it's tra transactions that go really smooth and close smoothly are very forgettable. When there's a massive problem, it becomes a memorable experience and you have an opportunity to, to, um, to become out the hero on that. And it also will build credibility too, right? You know, something that maybe you had suggested that your clients do and they don't maybe follow that advice and then it comes back around and it should have happened. And then they, they trust you more in, mm -hmm. in that regard too. Mm-hmm. I got a question for you, Mel. So you have a toddler. I have a toddler. What's your super ninja mind trick to get out of the negative <laughs> when your kid's driving you crazy? Yeah. So um, I just have to remember that they're a toddler, right? You know, it's like they're, I, I can't expect them to be, you know, mentally as stable as, as an adult, you know, is or should be i uh the other night you know we're just sort of like cutting out naps and so we've got at the end of the day it's it's just crazy right total shit show um and so i sort of have compared him to like when he's really tired to being a cross between a drunk freshman and a crackhead and so you know you just have to remember like they're out of their minds you know you just you gotta just step away go outside for five minutes just step away and remember like you're the adult they're just learning life and it's a crazy world and they are in such a weird place with the pandemic that they don't understand it and there could be really long-term lasting effects for them and just having compassion. Good answer. I figure there's a lot of people out there with toddlers at home that are cooped up that could probably use that. So including myself. You can, you can turn to your uh, motivational friend, uh, Rodney Strong. Yeah. <laughs> the glass wine. of wine the That's glass of wine man. yeah 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 okay yes. when you got to explain yes. the joke you know it's probably <laughs> was it christmas vacation where they're like how you get through the holidays you guys my good friend jack daniels right That's oh, yeah. right. <laughs> all right oh, awesome hey mel you're you're involved with um pmar and po you're politically involved in fact your signature even has a resource for us realtors to know who the elected officials that are going up for re-election or, or new new election um, support our cause, support real estate, support housing. Um, and, and we've, this podcast has over the years, I mean, we have talked about every crazy decision being made by the powers that be, you know, whether it's a demolition taxes or, um, you know, CDCs, is that, is that what it is, Tucker? 
SDCs. SDCs. Yeah, Thank the lovely you. SDC chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so now we actually are at a pivotal moment in, I believe, in this Multnomah County. It's like this week, right? Nineteen. The nineteen. Okay, very soon. Yeah. Where, where there are people we can endorse and we can um, encourage votes for that actually see the world somewhat through our, our lens as to housing. Talk a little bit about that and, and maybe um, share a resource where some of our listeners can go and benefit from that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, actually in Portland right now, this is a, a super unique situation. We've never had this happen in the history of our city where we've had four of the five city council seats being up for election. And so there is an opportunity to really, you know, make some change there. And so um, the PMAR PAC trustees, it's our political action committee. We, uh, every election year, so the, the even years, we interview candidates that are running for local races. We interview for, you know, city council, mayoral positions, county commissioners. And, and what we try to do is we really try to find the candidates who um, are as closely aligned with with housing and our industry based on our governmental affairs policies. So we have, we have bylaws, we have rules that we have to follow. And, you know, we have, our group is made up of, you know, realtor members, volunteers um, who are from all four corners of the region. And, you know, we come from all political different, you know, different political backgrounds. So, so when we're spending our time to really find candidates who are, who are, pro-housing and, and, you know, pro-realtor, it's important for us to support them. So, for example, um, you know, and I'm, I have to, you know, make a note here, I'm not the official spokesperson of the PMAR PAC trustees. Um, I used to be a, the chair back in the day, and, you know, I've been doing it for about 10 years now, but, you know, there will be times where maybe it's a candidate that I wouldn't necessarily vote for personally, but, you know, we put those personal politics aside, and so, um, you know, right now, for example, we have somebody like Loretta Smith. So she was a, a Multnomah County Commissioner. And when we had this whole re, um, you know, they call it the remap, when you had your ADU, what was happening is that the county would go out and they would reassess the market value of the entire property. And then they would re, you know, give you new taxes based on all of that land versus just reassessing the land that the new ADU was built on. Which and killed so, people, by the way. I mean, which absolutely was, killed them. Which yeah. was awful. So, you know, we thankfully were, you know, having a good relationship with um, Loretta Smith. She was able to take that and run with it. And she was the one that fought for us and fought for our, for our clients, you know, for, for private property rights and saying, you know, to the county, you know, assessor, this is not how it should be. And so we were able to affect change there. You know, we have over 8,000 members. And so when we have a good working relationship with these candidates and these elected officials, we really have the opportunity to make change. So which it's we something <laughs> that's super important, which we need. Right. So um, there is um, a a one sheet resource that PMAR has put out that essentially shows who we're recommending that you vote for coming up. Um, you've, it's too late to mail your ballots, but you can still deliver them at any ballot box. They're super easy to find. So um, that, you know, resource would be at it's PMAR.org, but um, you know, I, I'm sure you've got PMAR emails in your in your inbox, and um, there are a lot of different ways to find that. I can also, we can post it here too if that's preferred, um, but it, it is something that is really, really important, especially right now. We need to, we need to save our region. We have some, we have some good recommendations and some people who've really, you know, been champions for us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not okay just to, for our, our listeners to just complain about, hey, city of Portland, they're so crazy, they're doing this. I mean, this is, this is the time where our, um, you know, our body, the PMAR is telling us, hey, these are the ones who will, will do things that are housing friendly. So this is, this is that pivotal moment. Um, I noticed, um, 
Sam Sam Adams. I'm just going to bring up a, a specific name. Oh, he, yeah, he's running. He's, he's back. been around. He's been around as the mayor, and there was all sorts of controversy. Now he's coming back. Is he on that list? Is he? he he's, he's not on that list, actually. Okay, um, okay. interesting. <clears throat> yeah, so we, you know, in interviewing the different candidates, um, you know, we felt that, you know, there's a different sort of team structure that would work better for for our industry yeah you know who is on the list i looked at the list tucker the mayor of portland is on the list no joy yeah so you know and i'm (laughs) glad we're talking about that because you know we the first time around and getting him elected you know we were we were promised some things that hadn't come to fruition and so we've had very very frank conversations with with ted wheeler about that um, you know, but the fact of the matter is, is that he he has had an impressive number of victories recently. And, and you know, of course, this pandemic aside, had been making pretty great strides with getting things in place to really work on our housing crisis, really work on our homelessness issues. And, you know, it's just not the time to, to switch leadership. Mm-hmm. If we mm-hmm. have somebody who is willing to go into the ring and get beat up every day you know i think that says really a lot about a person and i really you know we really feel like he's the best candidate for that position at this point in time mm-hmm. which i can respect that point of view i just hope that he follows through on whatever it is you guys are hoping he does this time around um because i just we need some change uh, by the way little side note have you guys seen the documentary wild wild country no, I have heard with about the Rajneesh people. Here. Oh, yes. oh, I have yeah. figured out the where Rajneeshi. all these weirdos came from and why Portland is so bizarre. It started in <laughs> the Rajneeshi, the Rajneeshis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go watch it. It's wild, wild country. You'll be like, oh my god, how come we never heard of this? That was crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah I've heard anyway, of sidebar, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so there's yeah, sometimes- look at the voters' guide. Yeah, and sometimes to be fair too, Mel, it's it's the less of two evils, right? I mean, there are times where there's two people and neither's great, but which one's going to be the you know the better candidate? Right, um, and you know we it is based on our governmental affairs policies. We can post those here as well, and they're they're very specific, you know, a set of guidelines that we have to follow and kind of put our own personal politics aside. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else, anyone else noteworthy that you want to um, um, mention, uh, good or bad, as far as the candidates? Why? Yeah, I mean, go, I go. mean, I live in Portland, and so of course the the city council is really, really important to me. Um, we love Carmen Rubio, we love Loretta Smith, we love Mingus Matz. Um, you know, as far as getting into, you know, we, of course we have a unique um, regional government here in Metro, you know, we're still, you know, we, Tom Anderson, Mary Nolan, Bob Stacy, um, you know, for Clackamas County, Jim Bernard, Ken, Humber- Ken Humberston, and, you know, we've got Multnomah County commissioners who've been wonderful, wonderful, Jessica Vega Peterson, Lori Stegman, Washington County, we've got Nafisa Fai and Roy Rogers. So, you know, these are, these are, folks who've been vetted who are really you know in our minds after doing this for many many years and many hours of interviews and all of that this is who you know we feel is going to be the best to really support our industry and our clients you know Mm -hmm. it's not just about yes it is about our ability to conduct our businesses as realtors but it's also you know we are advocates for our clients and for you know the american dream right you know private property rights Mm-hmm. Very impressive. Just rattling off those names. My gosh, you are so, um, you're so involved there. It's, I, I can't believe that. And, and it, are all three counties right now on the 19th? Is, is that? So, um, well, you know, I, being in Multnomah County, of course, I won't have the same ballot as somebody else in Washington County, but I'm, I'm assuming that it's for the, this is the, this is the primary election, right? So in any given election year, you have the primary, which is in the spring. And then if, you know, if a candidate wins that race where they get like 50% plus one, they secure that position. And then there's not a follow-up general election in the fall, but in the fall, we'll have the general election. That's where we'll have, um, you know, of course, everything with, with the uh, national scheme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You guys have a, a stance. I got to bring it up. 
on the the metro sponsored bond measure for it's basically another revenue tax slash let's call it homeless helper money um do you guys have an official stance on that we don't um you know the what we have seen um you know there so take this last last cycle for example when we had the housing bond um you know we did not feel like that was something that we could support because it was shouldered by the homeowners, right? You know, if how do you keep housing affordable if you continually raise property taxes? So, you know, if if property taxes aren't the funding mechanism, then, you know, maybe it's not um, a race or a, a measure that we actually will take a, a formal stance on. Gotcha. Yeah, it's one that um, hopefully everybody reads up on, but it's I, I've been watching the, we'll call it the news, right? Uh, for good or for bad. And they said it was polling about 50-50 pre-pandemic. And now it sounds like they're not very confident in it, which I hope ends up being the case for my position. But um, we'll see. Oh, Joe, Steve, are you guys aware of that one? Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, read up on it, Steve. We'll talk afterwards so I don't uh, trash <laughs> Yeah, it's an interesting time, you know, but I think the most important thing is, you know, the, the power's in the ballot, you know, get out there. You can't, gripe about it if you're not doing anything about it and get involved. You know, if you, if you as a realtor don't, you know, feel the same way that we do about certain things, you know, there's, there are ways for you to get involved. It's not just this political action committee where you sort of have to work your way and, and, you know, be, um, voted into that position, you, you know, there's a realtor advocacy committee. We meet about once a month that, you know, that's, it's an open forum. All are welcome. And so, you know, we typically have, you know, a somewhat small group. And so, you know, we will get people, members, realtor members who will call and say, well, why did you endorse this person and not that person? And, you know, it's just, we, you know, are really, um, doing the best as volunteers as we can. And so we'd sure love to have more support in that regard. I'm just pl- glad you're there, Mel. I'm seriously glad there. And by the way, I live in Multnomah County. I'm in Lake, Lake Oswego, but Multnomah County. I'm probably three houses that way is Clackamas County. So, um, yep. so thank you. Thank you for all you do. Um, couple comments. Um, Richard Mario had one that was good. You know, sometimes his business as an attorney is kind of like a first responder, right? You're, where every where everybody's running away from problems, he's going in, into the problems and he kind of t- addresses that. And so he has to, he, what he says is he has to have that min, that positive mindset and he has to shake those people and, and he, he kind of re- re- says, basically give them their best case scenario. Focus on their best case scenario. The best case scenario sometimes is, dude, you screwed up or homeowner, you screwed up. You're, this is gonna cost you money let's try to keep it less than this amount, right? Maybe that's through a settlement or through, um, you know, mediation, whatever the case. So awesome, awesome um, thought process because there will be times where our best case scenario is not necessarily a win, but, but we're trying to mitigate a bad situation. He talks about foreclosures too. He said, you know, if foreclosures start again, sellers will be in trouble. This can be a negative for realtors. This was actually a question. How do you prepare for the positive side of that? Any thoughts on that from you guys? I mean, we rode this real this uh, real estate roller coaster before, so buckle up. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I don't think that. I mean, I was reading a lot of articles on forbearance and and kind of how they're going to handle it for those that have chosen to take it or needed to take it. And it looks like they're going to you know maybe amortize out what's owed or stack them on the back of the loan, um, at least with Fannie Freddie. So I, I think there'll probably be more of that that gets worked out along the way, which will mitigate, um, you know, potential foreclosure activity in bulk. Obviously, there's there's going to be loss of job and income and, you know, the, that'll there'll always be a percentage of foreclosures. But if they can work out the forbearance thing um, and amortize that over the life of the loan or something along those lines, then I don't think it's going to be too big of a worry in terms of percentage based on market. So. Well, and you also have to realize the numbers compared to 2008 are vastly different, right? You have one in five homeowners right now have more more than 50% equity. Mm -hmm. So it's a different time. Yes, you have, of course, lots and lots of layoffs. um, But as far as the numbers and how they compare to, you know, what the actual structures of the loans are, um, it's, it's quite a bit different than it was in 2008. Mm-hmm. And, and I would also add, it would also mean a lot more short sales if there was some kind of event where, where 
homes were heading towards foreclosure, we'd have a lot more short sales. You know, when I started in this business, short sales were 50% of what I did. And I did learn the positives of short sales. You guys want to hear a couple of positives of short sales? Sure. You, you list at 6%. That's, I mean, most of the time the bank doesn't question it. Seller doesn't care. They're not paying it. So you get, so, so your commissions are a little bit better. Um, and then as is, no repair negotiations. I, I no. Um, a lot of times you're you're not in 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 our world today. We're usually meeting with a seller. We're talking about strategic improvements. We're talking about putting the pillows in the right place. That kind of goes out the window with short sales. So I mean, there are some advantages, and those are the positives that you can focus on in that regards. For sure. Positive mindset. There you go. Yeah. Well, hey, Steve, I got to say, we've been going for about an hour here, so I think we're getting on to the limit of what we can uh, hold our guests and ourselves. but I think you found us a, a, a good guest, very well I told you, well I told connected. you. <laughs> I said, let's do it, and uh, you know, you were right, so thanks for coming on, Mel. A wealth of knowledge. I appreciate the toddler tip, and uh, <laughs> you know, obviously, you're well-connected with all of the future leaders of uh, Multnomah County and, and the other counties as well, but uh, it's great to see somebody that's so involved, that's for sure. Yeah, and on, and so on top of it, and so well spoken, and 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 presents well. Like we we we're thrilled to have you as you know a person out there representing our our industry. So thanks Thank for you. all I you do. That. Yeah, it's been fun. All right. Well, on that note, folks, watch out, Eric Post. Watch yeah. out. You might lose <laughs> your throne in in Joe's in Joe's eyes. That's right. That's right. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to stop the live stream. Thanks for joining us. If you catch it on the uh, recording, feel free to post a comment. I'm sure everybody will. Uh, chime in as needed but uh thanks again mel and of course to my co-host thanks again for listening to our show and make sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the portland real estate podcast